Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. It's season five. What? Season five, guys, episode one. I am so excited to start this new season with you. I hope that you're excited too. If we have not met before, my name is Cassandra Powell, and I am the host of this show where we talk about music, faith, share stories, and testimonies that will hopefully inspire you to live well, learn well, love well, and lead well in your lives. So let's jump into our topic for today. Our first topic is called Trusting God in the Chaos. I'm going to share with you some of the things that have happened, my testimony, and all these things have transpired in six weeks. And I'm going to be sharing that with you today. But before we get into that, as you guys know, Throughout all of these seasons, what has remained the same outside of God is our snacks. And our snack of the day is a mug cake. Guys, literally, you put all of these ingredients into a mug and you throw it in the microwave. And within a one minute to two minutes, depending on the power of your microwave, you get this amazing mug cake. So I'm going to actually share the recipe on our Instagram page and also on Facebook. So you can look under Soul Songs and Shenanigans on Instagram or look me up, Cassandra Powell, on Facebook, and you'll be able to find the recipe and all the other information with the show. Well, let's get into our topic for today, trusting God in the chaos. When I started to think about season five and episode one, of course, there's excitement that comes with that. But I was going back and forth of, you know, different ideas of how I kind of wanted to start off this season. And in the midst of all that, I just really felt God tugging on my heart to share with you guys uh, our family's testimony of just some things that we have been facing over the last five or six weeks. And I was hesitating a bit on it because, you know, of course, it's personal. And of course, it's not like I've necessarily had a problem um, over the past year sharing personal things. I've shared many personal things with you guys. But I think for me this time around, I think it's because we're not talking about this is like months later, like we're talking about these are things that are very fresh. And these are things that have happened so recently. And yet God was like saying, you need to share this. And I I believe that the reason why he wants me to share this with you is because a lot of us are right now in a season of where where our, our faith is being tested where we're not sure what to do when situations come up and it feels like it's one situation that comes up after another. It feels like you don't have anything to hold on to except for Christ, right? And none of us like that because we want to be in control. And we are literally in a season where we have to depend on God for everything and for every moment to get us through. And that's the way that God wants it. But that's not always comfortable for us. And I know Speaking for myself, that is not comfortable. I am a planner. I want to have, you know, plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G, all the way through the alphabet. I want to like figure out, have a contingency plan for everything. And this last several weeks have taught me that that I just have to throw these contingency plans out of the window and I just have to rely on God for each moment to get us through. And so that's the reason why I felt to share um, some of the things that we've been through in the last several weeks. Okay, so to start off with, um, there's uh, there's gonna you guys are gonna hear the great things that have happened, and then you're also gonna hear about some not so great things that have happened. But you, what you're gonna hear, I'm hoping you hear through all of it, is just God's protection, God's provision through it all. Okay, so. 
Um, to start off, there's uh, a, you know, a young lady that we've been teaching a Bible study to. And she was baptized at the end of last year, which was so amazing. We were so excited about that. And uh, and then, you know, the new year came about and just a couple of months ago, I, I just, as I was like talking to her each week, I just felt, you know, the Lord prompting me to talk to her about receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost and explain to her what all of that meant. And so this was just something I had in my heart. I didn't share it with Andre. And then Andre, like within a couple of days of me feeling this, came to me and said, I think we need to start talking to her about receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I was like, yes, yes, that's what like the Lord was speaking to me about as well. And so we had a conversation with with her about receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost and what all of that meant. And so at this point, we weren't even, you know, having like regular church. I, I can't remember what we've now in Canada or specifically in our province, we're now in our third shutdown. And so it's like this all started for us. Uh, about a year ago, so March of 2020 is when everything started, and now being April 2021, and this is like our third shutdown. So that's a whole story for another day. But because of the shutdown, there have been so many restrictions, and so churches looked very different than how it did a year and a bit ago. And so we were like, okay, we're just you know saying to her like, you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost anywhere. It can be at home, you know, it can be anywhere, and then like it can even be at our house now. Andre and myself, we've only ever prayed with people at an altar, like to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Like it's only been like in a church setting or in a convention type of setting. We've never like prayed with somebody to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost in our own home. That has not happened. We've prayed with people about all kinds of things in our home, but not necessarily to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So I will be frank with you. I was uh, a bit nervous about that. I'm like, you know, there's no music playing, like all of this, all of these things that went through my mind, like as if God needs music in order for somebody to get the Holy Ghost. But all you can do in that moment is just rely on your past experiences. And I'm like, wait, you know what? Like God can do anything and God can do it anywhere. Like we don't need, you know, a whole praise and worship team and all of that for this to happen. And so I'll, it was like the most amazing moment. So we're in our living room, and so we started, you know, explaining to her about repentance and everything about the process of, you know, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then, you know, Andre just put, we I think we just put on like some music and we just, the three of us just started praying together. And within like, I would say a minute or two, she was speaking in tongues. Like, woo! oh my goodness. Like it, this happened like weeks or probably a couple months ago. And it's like, I feel like it's, I just feel like it happened all over again. Like it was such a powerful, powerful moment, like in my living room. Oh my goodness. So that's where things kind of started off. Just like a high note, like it was just incredible. We were so excited. She was so excited. Um, we were able, you know, to share with our pastor what happened. And he was over the moon. Like we were just all extremely excited about this. Okay, so this happens, and then it was probably about a week or so after this happened, and um, we got a phone call from from my father-in-law, and he let Andre and myself know that uh, one of their neighbors, so we're, like, they lived in the same house for many years, and one of their neighbors um, apparently had been doing some stuff online, or he had put some threats online uh, that would have threatened probably all of our lives. We had no idea this was going on. And the reason why we found out was because there was a detective that came to my father-in-law's house and informed them that 
this is the neighbor, gave the neighbor's name and said, there's like a lot of threats that he put online about your family. I'm not going to really go into what those threats were, but basically our lives were would have been at stake. And um, this was, of course, alarming because this was like a neighbor that nobody had had a problem with. In fact, this neighbor you know, was always smiling when somebody said hello to him. Uh, my father-in-law had just brought flowers over for their family um, earlier, like maybe a few months prior to us finding out about this. I, In fact, it wasn't too long ago that he said to my sister-in-law, like, oh, you have such a beautiful family. And so to find out that this person was had all these threats or had all this information about personal information about us online was... Uh, it was so, I don't even know the right word to, to use, but it was so scary. And that that's probably like not even the best word, but it was, it was just really, really scary for us. And also just, I don't know, it's one of those things where you just never imagine that happening to your family. Well, the story goes on. Um, the reason why the detective was letting us know that all of this stuff was going on is because there was some higher authorities that had contacted um, our local police and said, this is what's going on. And because of the information that this man had conducted or whatever had online about us, there was enough information there for them to arrest him. And so he was arrested and we just found out after he was arrested that this is what had gone on. Of course, where everybody was shaken up and scared because we didn't really have any more information at that time. And we're like, okay, was he working with somebody else? And like, why would anybody feel that kind of hatred towards our family? Like, what did we, you're just automatically thinking, like, what did we do to this person? We were nice to them. Like, it just, it did not make any sense. And a lot of it was just uh, very racist. And um, it just a lot of, there's just a lot of hatred. And it was just very, a very confusing time. And of course, you know, I was, everybody's like was on pins and needles. And as we got more information, um, it, there was just some crazy things that, that he was saying um, that just to this day still floors me. And so, but then in the midst of all of that, I remember Andre saying to me, but like, look, we didn't even know this was happening. We had no idea. And look how God just took care of it. Like, if the detective never came to our home and maybe if it, that story, like it actually was like in the local paper and there was, you know, many counts against him. If we did not get that, you know, um, information from the detective, if maybe we had not even read the story, maybe we would not even have known unless it had been like a long time we hadn't seen him or whatever. Like, we're just like, wow, like Andre said, we have to like look at God's protection in this situation. Nobody was hurt. Like God just took care of it. I'm like, okay, so that helped me to be at peace about it. So this happens. And um, about a week after this happens, it was a Friday night and where um, we have our, our son Zion and we're sitting in the living room and normally Zion would go to bed around 8.30. And so it was a Friday night and I just thought, you know what, like, let's like let him stay up a bit later, really, because low key, I was hoping he'd sleep in later on the Saturday. So I'm like, let's keep him up a little bit later. And so we're sitting in the living room and just, you know, hanging out and having just a fun time as together as a family. And uh, and then all of a sudden we heard a crash in, in the back of the house. And so Andre went, ran to go find out what it was. And he went into our room, didn't see anything. He went to the bathroom, didn't see anything. He went to Zion's room and somebody had thrown a rock into our son's room. 
and the impact of them throwing that rock it, there was like like a double paned window and it went through both and there was glass all over my son's room and some of the glass had even his door was shut and some of the glass had gone into the hallway and I like I remember like Andre from the room was like somebody just threw a rock into Zion's room and my heart stopped like I I was so petrified Andre I don't I would not suggest anybody do this if something like this happened to you but Andre went running outside to find out figure out who had done that and of course if one person we don't know if it was one person or more than one but they were nowhere to be found and then he came back in call the cops and of course the first thing you know they asked if we had a suspect or if we knew who had done it and we didn't know and so they said we're just going to send out a car to like you know uh, survey the area and just to like see if you know but we didn't really have even somebody to say oh this person looked this way we had nothing and of course we were so shaken up especially after the previous story that I shared with you we were so sh- we we're already on still on pins and needles, but we were so shaken up again. And the reason as well why I was shaken up was not just because they threw a rock into his window, which is pretty bad, but is the fact that Zion would have been in his room at that moment or at that time had we not decided to keep him up later that night. And again, Andre says to me, because I was just, you know, distraught. And I'm like, Zion could have been in there. or We could have been standing there. He could have been playing in that same spot where, where this rock came in through the window. And Andre said, but like, look, nothing happened. Like God's protection, like God protected him. God protected us. We could have been standing in that same spot. And I was like, okay, yes, like, thank you, Lord. I really, in that moment, just had to thank God for his protection. And I just thought, you know, what if even Zion was in his bed and that the the rock could have struck him? Or even if he the, the rock came through and there's glass everywhere, how traumatized he would be like, you know, as like a little boy, like not understanding any of this, right? And never mind how we felt as adults that we just felt so helpless. So this happens. And I was just like, Lord, like, I don't understand, like, why are these things happening? I'm grateful for your protection, but I don't really understand why these things are happening. So this happens, of course, in the span of of a couple of weeks. And so now another week goes by. And at at this point, I'm just like, I I just wanted to like crawl into a hole and just to protect myself because there was moments where I felt scared and there was moments where I was like, but God protect us. Like I was just back kind of back and forth. And so about maybe about a week uh, after this, there is a a lady, uh, this couple in our church, actually, that we felt that once the pandemic kind of started here um, in Canada last March, me and Andre really had it in our hearts to really try to make phone calls each day and to connect with people in our church, even more so those people that maybe didn't have a community outside of a church community. Like, so we knew there's some people that didn't necessarily have family here or they didn't have friends outside of church people. And so we just had in our hearts to really connect with people in that sense. It just give them a phone call and check in and make sure they were okay. Well, this couple was, um, you know, part of that group of people that we would call regularly. And when we started calling them, they were just so grateful for the calls. And I remember like, you know, the, the husband saying to us and they're like, you know, elderly and remember the husband saying like I I finally like just started making friends and I'm so sad that this you know pandemic happened and I don't get to see you and and all of this right and for me and Andre we felt like what we're doing was so small and 
you know, but to them, it meant so much. And so we had stayed in contact with them, you know, since everything had happened. And so about a week after this rock incident, we, you know, we're doing our regular calls and we called them up and, and, you know, the wife said that she was going to be having surgery and um, eye surgery. And it was like a, a day surgery, like it wasn't nothing too serious. And so I remember getting off the phone and I said to Andre, like, you know what, I think we need to like maybe just bring some groceries and maybe bring some cooked food for them as well, just to kind of help them out for this week. And the funny thing about this is that it was probably like around Christmas time that I wanted to do the same thing for them at that point. But then it just didn't work out. Like the timing just didn't work out. It was just it didn't come together for us to be able to do that then. And so it came to me again, this, you really need to do this. Okay, so I spoke to Andre. So he went to the store and we we put some stuff together for them. We bring it over. And and so Andre met the husband and gave him everything. And, and the husband was just, you know, so grateful. And so the wife was grateful as well. Like, we were not expecting this. Like, thank you so much, like, for, you know, taking the step to do this. Like, they were just really happy about it. So we didn't think anything of it. We're like, oh, yeah, it's not a big deal. Fine. So we give them everything. And after this, we this was like on a Monday, and by the Sunday, the husband passed away. And um, he had had cancer for about four years, and um, and we didn't even know. I guess we didn't we didn't even know at this point like how sick he was. And on that Saturday, he passed away. And this was like I you know I find this out. This is like, I think the Saturday before Easter Sunday. And so this was like, I was just so sad. Andre was so sad about this. And, you know, I was just crying. I'm like, you know, I just feel so bad. Like we just started to really connect with them. And I just like, God just used that moment to show me that like, sometimes like the little things that we do, we don't know the impact it's going to make to somebody's life. And the reason why I say that is we called um, his wife, you know, to, to, you know, just to share our condolences and just to check in with her. And you know what she said to us? She was, I just want to thank you, you know, for connecting with us. It's it's just meant so much to me and it meant so much to him. And, you know, the fact that you guys came and you dropped these groceries off and you dropped, remember like the cooked chicken that you, you dropped off and we actually like ate that chicken. It was a big chicken and we ate it the whole week. Like it lasted us. That chicken lasted us until Saturday. And I'm like, why am I crying over chicken? <laughs> like, this is so, so crazy. But it was just like, oh my goodness, God, like through everything, God, that you can use anything, something so small and so insignificant to me and Andre to bless somebody else. And we had no idea that this was going to be his last week. And there, of course, because of the restrictions and everything, um, you know, she explained to us at the funeral, at they were only going to have like a limited amount of people that were going to be able to be there. And so she wanted myself and Andre to be there and asked me to sing at the funeral. And so that was just such an honor to be able to do that at the funeral. So that happens. And I'm like, oh my goodness, Lord, I'm like afraid to even like answer my phone. Like I, I don't know how much more we can possibly take at this point. And it was about a week later and we get a phone call um, from from Andre's mom that you know his grandmother had uh, had gotten COVID. His grandmother lives in lived in Jamaica, and um, you know so his mom is saying you know she's pretty sick and now she's being hospitalized. And within a week, his grandmother had passed away, and this was somebody that also helped to raise Andre. So 
this was a really sad time for our family and so we that same we found that we found out that you know she had passed away and it was really it, it this has been hard for us because we're not able to be we were able to be in Jamaica with the rest of Andre's family to you know offer our support because of the restrictions and everything and so we're like, you know what, we at least need to go um, to where my mother-in-law lives and the rest, like our family here in Canada, we just need to go. They only live like maybe a couple hours from us. Like, let's just go there and just to be with them. And so we packed up and we left that same night, went to go be with his family. And on the drive there, we we're probably about an hour into the drive. And all of a sudden we heard, like, heard this crash. We hit something. And so Andre's like, I don't even, Andre is like, I don't even know what that was. And so he pulled over and I guess there was like a a truck tire that was on the highway. And it was on the side where me me and Zion, the passenger side, our side. And we hit this tire. So we pull over and Andre uh, takes a look at, at the vehicle, looks underneath and everything and he says, okay, like everything is okay. Like the tires are okay. Everybody's safe. We're okay. And we literally at this point just looked at each other as we continued to drive and we just started laughing because I'm like, I, I'm afraid to say what next could happen. Like, this is so, this is so crazy. Like what, like, wow. Like one thing after another. And so we, we continue the drive. And as soon as we pulled into, um, uh, our in-laws and like in Andre's parents, as soon as we pulled into their driveway, the car went dead. And Andre's like, I don't understand, like, like what's going on. And so he went and checked the car. But the amazing, in that moment, I remember Andre turned to me again. He's like, look at God's protection. Like, look how God kept us. Like, it, we got into the driveway. It's not, it could have happened anywhere on the highway. In fact, us running over the tire, we realized after the fact it was a tire. Like, there's so many things that could have happened. And I know for me, like, I will think of every possible scenario that could have happened. And I have to, like, bring it all in and say, but God, but God, God protected us. God kept us. And so this happens. And we're like, okay. And then Andre was able to, you know, uh, fix, fix whatever the battery and, and work all of that out. And so we were fine. We we're able to spend time a few days with his family. And then we found out that we we're going into the third lockdown here in, in our province. And so we left and we came back home and, uh, we came back home and it was, uh, on the Sunday. So this is a Saturday night that we came back. And, um, on the Sunday, because of the restrictions, our our church services look a bit different. We pretty much have like several services on a Sunday, but just smaller groups. And myself and Andre are facilitators over um, a one group or we're like over different groups each week or different time slots. But, you know, we went and to do our, our I think it was like at 10 a.m. That was our time slot to teach our session. Well, during the week, we had gotten um, a phone call from a friend of ours, and he said that, hey, I have this friend, a friend of a friend who lives in the city of London, and she was taught a Bible study by my friend, and we just want to get her connected with the church there, and I was wondering you know, if you guys could connect with her. So we said, absolutely, no problem. So we, like, we had been messaging that week, and actually prior, it was probably a week before that we were messaging one another. And so she wasn't able to come the week before, but she was going to be coming out to church uh, this past Sunday. Well, because of everything that had gone on with, you know, uh, Andre's grandma passing and all of that, like I totally, it slipped my mind to let her know 
that the time that we originally had said to her the week before that we were going to be at, at a different service, not at that particular time. So I did not relay that information to her and totally forgot about it. And so now Sunday we go, we we teach our session, we leave, we come back home and I we're making breakfast and, you know, just hanging out and we get a, a knock on our door and it was um, the main greeter for our church was at our door and said, hey, like the facilitator for this group right now is running late and uh, he should be here, you know, momentarily, but would mind, one of you guys mind coming over and just like kind of facilitating until he gets here, until he arrives. So we're like, okay, no problem. So Andre went over and, you know, um, I just said to him, like, maybe you just, maybe just have testimony service with them until the facilitator arrives. So he went over there and I'm, I'm in our house with, with Zion and I, and something in me is just saying, you need to go over to the sanctuary. So I probably should explain that. Our house is like what we call a parsonage or it's attached to the church. So we pretty much just have to walk through a couple of offices and we're in the sanctuary. So we're not far. And I remember I'm there and I'm, just, something just kept saying, you need to go into the sanctuary right now. So I'm like, oh, like I think Andre can take care of it, but fine. Like we'll just, me and Zion will just head over. So me and Zion walk over, we walk into the sanctuary. And as soon as we walk into the sanctuary, I see the girl that I have been conversing with. We'd never met each other in person. We were just over like text text message. And as soon as I see her, I realize what had happened, that I didn't let her know that we were going to be at it in a different time slot. And I was like, oh my goodness. So I remember I went and I sat by her. And I'm like, hey, by the way, I'm Cassandra. And so like we're there for the rest of the session. And so at this point, Andre now is sharing his testimony about how his how he was teaching his family a Bible study. This is like when he first came into the church, and he starts just sharing their, his story about, um, you know, how the, his parents got baptized, how his sister got baptized. He's sharing that whole story. Okay, so just keep that in the back of your mind. Andre's story about baptism. So as soon as Andre finishes his testimony, the facilitator that was supposed to be in that group walks in through the doors. Like, I mean, as soon as Andre's done his last word, the facilitator walks in, takes over me and Andre stay for the rest of that session. At the end, now we're talking to, you know, this young lady that I've been conversing with and I'm apologizing to her. I'm like, I'm sorry. There's just like some, you know, just crazy things that happened this weekend. I'm so sorry. Like I was supposed to let you know that we were actually in a different time slot and I'm so sorry. And she says to me, like, well, I'm so happy that, you know, that I saw you because she then explains to me that this was her first time coming to a church, very first time coming to a church building. And so she was already nervous. She had taken the bus to come. And when she walked in and didn't see me, she thought that maybe she was in the wrong place. And so would you know that in the facilitator that had that came late that day, he's never been late to a session. And we've taught many sessions by this point. And he just happened to like see, he thought he saw one time end up being a different time. And I know for sure that God literally just orchestrated that whole moment so that we would be over there. And so we're able, you know, uh, to speak with her and we're just asking her like, you know, do you have any questions and, and all of that. And she just said, you know, I just, I want to know if I can get baptized. And so she's going to be getting baptized this week. So this has been the last um, six weeks. <laughs> and this has been 
I just wanted to share all of these 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 high moments, these uh, uh, challenging moments with you, because this sometimes is just how life is. Like I, I'm looking outside of my window as I'm recording this, and it is snowing outside right now here in London. Meanwhile, yesterday and the day before, it was 18 degrees, and the day before that, it was 20 degrees Celsius. We were outside without jackets on. It was very nice out. And today it is snowing. And I'm like, wow, isn't that how life is? You just don't know what life is going to bring you. But I realize that through everything that I share, through all these testimonies and what just remains through, what remains true through all of it is that God is a keeper. God is a protector. God provides for us. God makes a way where there seems to be no way. And really, all of these things have taught me that I have to, like God has to be my foundation and that I have to lean upon him for everything, for absolutely everything that I can't lean upon my own understanding, that I can't lean upon what I think that I know and the best way to go about doing things. And I I just can't do that because I have no idea what's going to happen five minutes from now or five days from now or five months from now. I have no idea. I really have to rely and trust in the one that does. And so I shared all of these things with you because I wanted you to see the the great things that can happen. I want to see I want you to hear the things that the challenging moments that can happen, but yet God is still even in those challenging moments and and how there's a time and there's a season for everything. But what remains the same is God's words. Like his word remains the same. And whatever words that he, that he has spoken over your life, his promises, they remain the same and they will not change. And that's what I love about God is that he cannot change. It's impossible for God to change. And so we can rely on that. We can place our hope and our faith in it. So no matter what you are going through and no matter what you are facing and no matter what obstacle you're up against where you're like, I don't even know whether I should be like stopping or going, I have no idea what to do. I'm just, I'm hoping that what you heard in what's going gone on with our family in the last several weeks is that, you know what? God already knew these things were going to happen and that none of these things get, took God by surprise. And so know that for your own life, there's nothing that is that you are facing right now where that God is like, oh, I had no idea that was going to happen. That is not the God that we serve. He already knew it was going to take place. So know that you can really place your life in his hands and that you can give control over to him. And I believe that just all these things that have happened in my life and that seem to continually happen is just a reminder that I just need to give control over to God and that really my life is not my own. Like it is absolutely not my own. My life belongs to Christ. And so there's a freedom in that because I don't have to figure it out. I don't have to have it all together. I don't have to have the answers because I'm really serving the one who is the answer, right? And that might sound cliche, but it's the absolute truth. And so I just wanted to share this with with you guys. And I, I really hope that it's blessed your heart. I really hope that it's encouraged you to keep on keeping on in that just know that I am praying for you and I'm believing with you that God is going to see you through whatever you are facing, whatever you're going through. Thank you guys so much for listening in. I'm looking forward to all that God has in store for us in season five. Thank you for sticking around. And if this is your first time listening in, welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. I hope that you get something out of every episode or you find something for you, whatever you're going through in particular, because 
It's not even me. It's it's just God working through me. And so I pray all the best for you and for your families. Thank you guys. Have a wonderful one. Take care. Psalms 27, I'm going to read verse 1 and then also verse 4 and 5. So Psalms 27 verse 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And verses 4 and 5 says, One thing have I desired of the Lord that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. What an amazing promise we have from the Lord that he'll protect us, that he'll keep us, that he'll go before us. And our song for this week is by Anthony Evans. He's, this is not original with him, either song, but this is his version, one of my favorite singers. And the songs are Waymaker and see a victory because I believe that we serve a God that is constantly and consistently making a way for us out of no way. And it is guaranteed that we are going to see a victory, that God's promises are true and they remain forever true. So guys, I hope you enjoy this song and you can listen to it on Soul Songs and Shenanigans set list on Spotify. Enjoy. Enjoy.